lives. He's not a stranger to this church or to this pulpit. So let's welcome, amen, Brother Brandon Ferguson back to this pulpit again tonight. God bless you. Oh, let's give that to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, for he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise here tonight. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house right now. We thank you, Lord God, for moving in our hearts and our souls right now. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you all so much. You may be seated. Going to do things a little different tonight. Brother Andrew, I'm pretty loud. I don't know. Uh, Sister Olivia, if you would put those pictures up there. I asked Brother Moore if I could do this before I minister tonight. I want the church to know where your funds are going in Africa. We were here this past year, and uh, this is in Mufleria, Zambia. Uh, Pastor, I believe it's Pastor Peter is here. He's pictured in the top left uh, corner here. This is the old church you see on the bottom with the sign uh, hanging in front. I don't know if you can quite see how tall that building is, but I had to duck my head uh, on the raft to go under the rafters in that little church. So uh, they were quite excited to have a new church building to worship in. It holds, they were, they were mighty full in 2000, and uh, I think it was 2019 when we were there. They, um, they had the little church packed out, and they were actually working on the church. Our church had funded the bricks for the new church, and then later they were able to put a roof on it. Cost roughly around a church that size. It's pretty large there in, uh, in Zambia for the churches that we visit, uh, the new church building, that is. It cost around 7000 U.S. dollars, and... Uh, I promise you they are greatly appreciated um, for, the, for the work that not only our church but other churches here in the U.S. give to them. Church, it's all about God's people. It's all about growing the church, no matter if it's here in Bendale in the U.S. or across seas, Brazil, Africa, different works that's, that's being, that, that this church funds and helps. I just wanted you to know that, that your money is being well spent and that souls and lives are being changed, filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you all for that. Thank you, Sister Olivia. I got a good bit lengthy reading tonight. If you would stand for the reading of the Word of God. I know you've worshipped and gave your all tonight, and I promise you God's going to bless you for that. As we go to Acts chapter 9, we're going to read through the first verse, through the 18th verse. Sorry for the lengthy reading, but that's just what I felt to do here tonight. Thankful for our pastor for allowing me to minister to the church here tonight. So thankful to have my mother here tonight. It's great to see her. All the visitors, great to see you in the house of God here tonight. I hope you didn't come just to hear me, but to hear what God has to say to us. All right, Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to to the synagogues, 
that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Where art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and, with his, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, And Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which called straight, and inquire to the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints of Jerusalem. And, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that come unto my name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight for, for with and arose and was baptized. If we will pray here tonight before we're seated, that the Holy Ghost powered minister unto us here tonight. Lord, we ask that your mighty will would be done here tonight. God, we ask that you would speak to us, O oh God. Use us, O oh God, the way that you see fit here tonight. O oh God, anoint this vessel, O oh God, to be used of you. God, for I am nothing without you, Lord. O oh God, this vessel does not belong to me, Lord. It belongs to you. O oh God, I ask that you would use me and direct me, O oh God. The words flow forth from me that you would have me to say, God, to your people, O oh God. For these are your so great a people, Lord God. O oh God, minister and mold us, O oh God. God, here tonight as conviction power flows through this house, oh God. In your mighty precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you here tonight. Thank you to my dear wife for staying up here. The title of my message here tonight is, What is Your Identity? What is Your Identity? As we go back and look at these verses that I read to you here tonight in Acts chapter 9, 
As we look, as we look at Saul, Saul was going out and arresting and imprisoning men and women out of Jerusalem. And he was on his way to do and continue to do what he had done, what he thought was right as he journeyed. And of course he had, obviously had men with him to help and to do, and they were following him and doing what they thought were right. Saul was identified. He carried this identity. And many feared him when he came. When they seen him, they feared that he was coming for them, for the works that they'd done. And we think about the definition of identity. Identity means the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. All of us here tonight have been identified by something. Maybe it's things in your past that has taken place. Maybe it's your family, your family name. And I believe that I have a, fa a good family name. The elders in my life have carried on and had a, kept a good reputation. But church, I didn't come to talk about my name. I come to talk about the name of Jesus here tonight. I come to help encourage you here tonight. Even if you do have an identity, or even if you did have an identity, don't let it hang over your head. I come to encourage you here tonight that through the Holy Ghost you can be changed. You can be renewed. You can carry on a new identity. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit tonight. This thought come on me when I was in Kenya, Africa. I seen a nurse walking down the side of the road, Brother Moore. Nobody in the vehicle had to tell me that she was a nurse. She was wearing her hat. She was wearing her, her skirt and her attire. Her pantyhose. Just like pictures I've seen that nurses look like back in the day here in the U.S. And keep in mind, Africa is probably 50 years behind us. So everything that our elders have told me, that's what you see when you go. Because they're, they're behind in time, basically. So nobody had to tell me that she was a nurse. I knew that she was a nurse. By her identity. Woo. I hope I can relay what the Holy Ghost has laid on my heart. Church, when they see you out in Bendale at the dollar store, at the hardware store, or pumping gas at the superstore, they ought to be able to look at you and know that you are a Holy Ghost filled child of God. Not just necessarily the way that you're dressed. But they should be able to see your actions. And they should be able to see the way that you handle certain situations. They should be able to see that you are identifying as a child of God. In this world today, there are so many different identities, if you will. Everyone wants to be identified as something. They might want to be identified as a dog or as a cat. 
They might want to be identified as a Satan worshiper. But I come to tell you it's it's because they haven't had a true relationship with Jesus. They're running from what they know is right. What they know an identity that they will carry if they will bear the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the identity that I have here tonight. I'm not ashamed of the identity that I've carried since I was eight years old. I'm not ashamed of the identity that I bear when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on a Thursday night, July 22nd, 2000. And I was baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. When Pastor Moore buried me in that, in that pool at my grandmother's house, I come up as a new man. I come up as a new creature because I did not bear the identity that I used to be. I bear the identity of Jesus because I come to tell you I identify as a child of God. I identify as a holy roller. I identify as an aisle runner. I identify as a tongue talker. Apostolic. What is your identity? I come to ask you that question here tonight. What is your identity tonight? What do you identify here tonight in this house? Give Him praise here tonight. Thank you, Jesus, God, for what you're doing in this house here tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you were to be pulled over by a law officer here tonight after you leave the house of God heading home, when he walks up to your vehicle, I promise you one of the first questions he's going to ask you is, where is your ID card? Where is your identification card? Because he don't know who you are. He or she don't know who they're encountering. They don't know what kind of background you have. They don't know what you've done in the past. They don't know if you've broken any laws or if you have any warrants out for your arrest. And once they identify you, if you have a clean record and you have a good attitude, they're more than likely going to let you go and maybe give you a warning depending on what he pulled, he or she pulled you over for. Because they can look back when they call in to dispatch and ask them what your, what your record is, what your background is, and they see that you have a clean record, they're going to show you some mercy. They're more than likely going to give you a little leniency and give you a warning and send you on your way. Church, I'm telling you it's important what your background looks like. It's important what your background looks like. I come to tell you tonight, I want to encourage you if you want to change your identity here tonight, this is the place. This is the house where you can change your identity. This is the place. These altars are the place that you can lay down that old identity. This is the place that you can lay down that old man, that old woman. This is the place that you can lay down that old identity that the world has tagged on you. That you are... The things that you might have done in your past that you're not happy about, that you're not satisfied with. Here tonight you can be changed and you can be renewed. You can leave with a new identity here tonight. You can bury the name of Jesus. Bear the name of Jesus for His name's sake. As we look in 
I know I didn't give y'all this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We see that the Holy Ghost is in this temple. In verse 20, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Children of God, when you bear His identity, you belong to Him. You no longer belong to yourself. You no longer should act and do the things that you would have done before. You should represent the name of Jesus. You should carry home the name of Jesus. Because that temple belongs to Him. That vessel that holds such a precious gift. The actions that we do, the things that we say. When we are in situations, and sometimes it might not be on our own accord, but it's how we come out of it. It's how we act, how we respond to it, that we must represent the name of Jesus. We must have a pure identity. We must have a clean identity. As we look back at Saul in Acts chapter 9, When Saul was smote to the earth, when he found himself blinded, he found himself helpless. A man that could go and maybe physically snatch people around with strength, with authority when he come in when he made his way into a certain city or a certain place, this mighty man found himself blinded, confused, not knowing what's going on, trembling in fear. But what I love about this is he recognized Brother Moore he recognized the Lord. <laughs> he said, Who art thou, Lord? And when Jesus spoke to him, he said, Hey, this is what you're doing. You're coming in and you're arresting my children, you're throwing them in prison. But there's going to be a prophet. There's going to be a man of God that's coming. But first, it's going to take some time. It's going to take three days for you to be in this state. And somebody else is going to have to lead you to Damascus. You're not going to be able to go the way that you thought you was going to go. You're going to be changed. Because that old identity that everyone recognizes you as I'm going to do away with that. I'm going to do away with that identity because I've chosen you. 
I'm going to allow you to go into some of those same places where you are arrested and you imprison those children of God. I'm going to send you into those very same places where you use physical force and you grab people and snatch them around physically and threw your weight around, if you will. I'm going to send you into those same countries. And I'm going to change your identity because I'm sending a man of God. I'm sending a man of God to lay his hand on you. And I'm going to show you. He showed Saul in a vision exactly everything that was going to take place. It's amazing at the steps that God takes to get us back, to draw us to where He'd have us to be. It's amazing at the roads that we have to go down. And sometimes they're not real pretty. And sometimes they don't end real nice. But church, it's no longer about my identity or the man that I was. It doesn't matter about me any longer. It matters all about Him. It matters what I'm representing here tonight. It matters when I go out of this house of God, when I go out of this church building. It matters what they see. It matters how I respond to certain situations. It matters the attitude that I have. It matters the words that come from my mouth. The conversations that I interact in or interact with with other people. Because no longer am I my own. I belong to Him. I am a child of God. We are set apart from this world. When they see you, yes, you should have your uncut hair, ladies. And you should not put on the things of this world. Men, you should look apart no matter what workforce you were in. No matter the situations and the work situations that you're in, you should be set apart. The words that come from your mouth, they should represent Him. They should be able to see Jesus. And it's important how you dress and how you look. Your outward appearance reflects your inward appearance. It matters what they see on the outside because it's reflecting what's on the inside. Again, when I was in Zambia and I saw the nurse, I used it down the road at another church that we went to. 
And pastor, I didn't know that some of the situations that they were facing, the church, they were a new church that had just started up. And certain situations that they were going through. I did not know that the message that the Lord had given me when I saw that nurse walking down the side of the road. I didn't know what was going on until after the end of service. So many were praying in the altar. And so many were touched and stirred. And again, it's not, it's not because of me. Hear, hear me out here tonight. Bishop come to me and he told me of some of the situations that had been going on. It pays to be in tune with the Holy Ghost. It pays to listen to what He has to say to us. And you don't have to be a minister for God to talk to you, for God to use you. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be used, you will be used if you allow Him. There's a lost and dying world. And Pastor Moore can't go out and interact with every one of them. He can't go to your job. He can't go where you're shopping or where you may be traveling on vacation. He can't be with you every step of the way. That's why we have to have this identity representing the name of Jesus, representing the Holy Ghost. We have to allow it to minister and move through us and work through us. We don't do this. I don't dress this part just because Pastor told me and that's what I should do. Pastor, I do this because I love Him. I do this because I'm in love with Him. I made my mind up that I'm not going to turn back. I made my mind up that I'm not going to go back to that old man. I made my mind up that I'm going to shun the very appearance of evil. I made my mind up that I want to have a new identity. I made my mind up that I'm going to continue to walk this walk. I'm going to continue to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Because I am no longer the man that I used to be. I'm no longer who I used to be and who I used to represent. Let the Lord work in your life here tonight. Let the Holy Ghost pull at you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you and guide you and direct you here tonight. When I was in school, when I made my mind up and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I was convicted of short sleeves. I was convicted. The very next day, I remember, Pastor, I rode with my father up, I think it might have been the superstore somewhere in Bendale. And I remember sitting in the truck. I had short sleeves on and I I couldn't get out, Brother Moore. I stuck my arms inside of my shirt. 
And my father, he didn't say nothing when I got when I come out of the room with short sleeves on. He didn't say anything. Nobody told me what I should do. I had a personal conviction that come over me and that I made my mind up that I wanted to be different, that I wanted to represent him the best way that I could. And when I was going through school, different ones would say things. Well, why, why are you wearing those sleeves? I didn't say it was because my preacher, my pastor, told me I should. And depending on the situation, I might would explain. But some, I would just say, well, it's what I choose to do. It's what I want to do. But I said all that to say this. There were certain people that would come to me. And again, it's not, it's not about me. I'm just, I'm just bragging on the Lord. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the identity of the Holy Ghost tonight. It's not about me. I am nothing without Him. People would come to me and ask me to pray for certain situations. Because I lived a life before them, Pastor. I lived differently. And no, I'm not saying I'm perfect. There was times I dropped the ball. And there was times I had to ask for forgiveness. Not just to the Lord, but to people. Because still, I'm, I'm a man. I'm flesh. And when I joined the fire department and began to respond to first responder calls, I wanted to be different. Everybody, when I was coming up, made different gestures about the fire department and those in it. But I wanted to be different. I wanted to give it a different name. I wanted, it, I wanted there to be an avenue for the Holy Ghost to work through me, for miracles and wonders and signs to take place. So in different places I would go, there was a few paramedics that would pick at me and call me Brother Brennan. Because sometimes I would show up in a suit or I'd have a tie on, different things. And, and I would pray with people. In certain situations, I felt led to do it. I would do it. No matter who was around or who was watching. So I had this name, this identity tagged on me. They meant to make fun. They meant to pick on me. But that's okay. It didn't bother me. Because I didn't represent me no more. I represented Jesus. And I had my mind made up, and I still have my mind made up, that I'm going to continue to see miracles and wonders and signs. That I'm going to continue to be a vessel. I'm going to be a temple that He would have for me to be. That He would use me, not, not to lift my name up, but to lift His name up. To show the world that there is a church. And not necessarily this church building, but an apostolic church. A church of anointed apostolic believers that believe that there are still miracles and wonders and signs taking place. That there is still miracles and wonders and signs taking place. Oh, because we are willing vessels, oh God, allowing Him to be, allowing us to be used here tonight. I told part of this story here one night. 
There was an accident down 57 that involved a family. And some of you know who I'm talking about. It was during the day, so most people aren't around to go to, to different calls. So I went to the call by myself. When the call come out, it didn't sound that urgent. didn't sound like it was going to be too bad. Well, when I arrived on scene, I seen a few people covered in blood. And I seen this lady giving this child breaths. And I could tell it was a child in a diaper. So I, I just assumed that he was probably two or three years or, or younger. And when I got there, the child wasn't breathing. So I radioed to dispatch and told them, hey, step it up, we got a child not breathing. But when I reached down with my fingers, I could feel a heartbeat, a faint heartbeat. And I grabbed my oxygen bottle and began to administer a little oxygen to the child. And some people in that area come up and they, they recognize me and they say, Brennan, what, what is it that we can do? What, what can we do to help you? I said, we've got to call on the name of Jesus because this child had a large laceration to his head. And when I called on the name of Jesus, I laid my hand on that child's head. The sheriff standing behind me and different ones. I didn't care who was around. When I called on the name of Jesus, that child took a breath. I'm talking about a child that they said for 10 or so minutes had not been breathing. A child took, that child took his first breath. In 10 or so minutes after that accident. Whew. And I felt the Holy Ghost come all over me. And I began to speak in other tongues. I didn't care who was standing around. Everybody else got quiet around me. And I, I heard one black gentleman that worked with the State Department. He, he began to call on the name of Jesus also. And when the paramedics arrived on scene... I heard somebody say, hey, a child wasn't breathing till that, till that man started praying. That child was not breathing till that man called on the name of Jesus. And it was some of those same paramedics, Pastor Moore, that picked up me and called me Brother Brennan on, 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 in different places. Again, it's, it's not about me. I've come to tell you who I'm representing here tonight. I've come to tell you that I've been a conduit to allow the Holy Ghost to flow through me. But when I called on that name of Jesus, for where there is no other power, where there is no other name given, the name of Jesus, the most powerful name. If the singers and musicians would come here tonight, try to bring this thing to a closing. I have one more story. And it's going to hit home here with a family here. Sister Lisa, Sister Laney, do you remember? Do you remember the day that whew, 
that that little fella, the color that he had and that he had choked. Oh, he cut out of Oshata. Church, I've come to tell you that we've come to represent the name of Jesus. When Sister Lisa and Sister Laney pulled up with that child, his color did not look good. I'm just going to say it right now. It did not look good. But again, in those situations, I try to keep my cool. I try to keep calm for the situation. Try to take charge of the situation to help. And I couldn't quite get his oxygen level checked with my, with my reader. And I said, hey, I know what we can do. We can call on the name of Jesus. We can call on the name of Jesus and He can reach down and touch this child. And when we began to pray, when we began to call on the name of Jesus, when I opened my eyes, Sister Lisa pointed it out. She said, look at the color. Look at His feet. And no, it wasn't 100% right then. But she said when they got back home, the child's color began to come back. Whoo. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I've come to tell you tonight, church, we've got a new identity here tonight. If we had all stand here in the house of God here tonight. If you're tired of your old identity, I come to invite you to this altar. If you're not proud of the things that you have been or what you have done, I encourage you here tonight, here at the altar, you can have a, a, a Paul Exal experience. You, when you get up from this altar here tonight, you can have a new name. Your name can be changed from Saul to Paul here tonight. I come to invite you here tonight to this altar that you can bury the name of Jesus. That you can continue on to bury the name of Jesus. I come to invite you to this altar here tonight where God can use you and mold you into what you'd have you to be. You might not need just the Holy Ghost, but you might need a touch. You might need a miracle in your life. Again, you might not be proud of the identity that you have. You might want to, to change your name here tonight and bury the name of Jesus. Peter, as he, they were crucifying Jesus. Others around, they pointed him out. They said, hey, look, that's one of those disciples. That's one of those Jesus people, if you will. That's one of his disciples. That's one of his followers. He had been identified with the man Christ Jesus. He had been identified as a disciple. I come to encourage you here tonight. Don't be ashamed of your identity. Don't be ashamed of that name that you bear. I come to give you a word here tonight that you can leave this house here tonight bearing the name that is above every name. That you can leave here tonight changed, renewed, made whole, made complete. 
Don't be ashamed of this truth. Don't be ashamed of this gospel. Because one day when we are called, one day when that trumpet blows, I want to be able to hear him say, well done. I want you to be able to hear him say, well done. Because you allowed me to identify you. You allowed me to pin on you my name. I'm not ashamed here tonight to begin to sing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let that name work here tonight. Let that name move into your life here tonight. You can be renewed here tonight. Your name can be changed here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I want a new identity. I want a new identity here tonight. Tell him you want a new identity tonight. You want to be identified as a child of God. You don't want to be identified. You don't want to be identified as the world. I know you're tired of running. I know you're tired of running from the conviction. Oh, I encourage you here tonight. There's peace in this house here tonight. Oh, there's peace here tonight. I want to see a change in me. I want to see that I have been renewed. 